Hello, and welcome to the Untamed Yogini Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Marie, your womb yoga priestess. I'm a certified yoga teacher specializing in yoga for women, womb health, and feminine spirituality. In a world structured for disconnection, my goal is to empower you in living deeply rooted to the wisdom of your body, personal gifts, and divine sovereignty, so you can meet yourself where you are and navigate the seasons of womanhood with confidence and grace. I believe when we restore the balance within ourselves, the world will follow. But it begins with the self, right here, right now, one womb at a time. Now let's jump in. Hello and welcome. Today I'm going to be sharing about the holiday or Sabbath named Beltane, which is actually today as this very episode airs. So today I want to go over seasonal celebrations, um, what Beltane represents, the myth behind Beltane, uh, how you might have been celebrating Beltane without even recognizing it, and how you can continue to celebrate consciously, either solo or as, um, as a family. So before I delve into what Beltane is, let me give you a quick background on what the Sabbaths actually are. So the Sabbaths are considered the marking of each turn of the wheel of the year. So essentially they're, there's the four seasons that you know, right? Winter, spring, summer, and fall. And then there are the transitions that happen in between leading up to those holidays or seasons, the shift in seasons, right? There's the transition that happens in between those. So um, depending on where we are in the wheel of the year, and also depending on which hemisphere you live in, uh, you're going to be either waxing or waning, just like the moon, right? So the moon, it goes through its phases um, within a month's time, whereas the seasons go through a year's time. And then, of course, in your womb, also very similar to the moon, goes through a month's time. So, you know, cultures across the globe, they, um, they hold pagan roots, right? All of them. And depending on which culture, you know, we're talking about, all of their pagan roots hold their own versions of celebrations of the seasons and nature. So pagan people were people of the land. I believe that's the literal translation, translation, excuse me, is people of the land, right? So not only did they understand nature because they depended on it for their survival, right? And how to grow their own um, food and how to, you know, survive <laughs> via nature, but they would also work with it spiritually. So, you know, um, in mythology, we have many gods and goddesses and even uh, different mythological beings that would represent uh, all the different aspects of nature and life. And we could go into that a little bit deeper one day, but for today, um, I want to share my knowledge and personal practice around Beltane, which is happening right now. And Beltane actually holds its roots in the Celtic heritage, which is also my 
bloodline as well. So I feel really deeply connected to it, but you do not have to um, be of Celtic descent to celebrate these beautiful seasons. All right. So a little background. There are two halves of the year. There's the light half and then there's the dark half. The light half begins February 1st, which is called Imbol. Um, and this goes through the summer solstice called Litha. Okay. So during this time, the energy is waxing. It means it's building as it moves toward, um, you know, spring and summer. And it begins to build directly after the winter solstice, which is the longest night of the year or the shortest day, however you want (laughs) to describe it, um, where the energy is at its lowest point, right? So it's from that point on, the energy begins to wax or build, building solar energy. And you, you see this as the days begin to steadily grow longer and warmer, and we move into spring and summer and things begin to bloom. So the summer solstice is the longest day of the year and when the energy is at its peak, right? So everything now is in full bloom when you're in the summer solstice. And then from that point forward, the energy will begin to wane little by little as it heads toward the winter solstice once again. Okay. Does that make sense? So both the light and the dark halves of the year, um, total are eight Sabbath celebrations. So each celebrating, um, each half celebrating four Sabbaths and each of these Sabbaths or holidays. Okay. Are celebrating what's happening within the season, both physically and spiritually. So Beltane, which is today, if you're listening on May 1st, it's traditionally celebrated, um, the Eve of the 30th, um, through the first, but you know, some people, they can celebrate the entire week or maybe even the entire month or maybe the entire season, right? It's really personal preference, but the actual holiday itself falls on May 1st. And you might've even known this as, um, May day. So, uh, Beltane celebrating this peak of spring, right? We're at the peak of spring and it falls at the halfway point between spring equinox, Ostra, and the coming solar solstice, Litha. Okay. So the energy is building, right? And the seasons is moving into this full bloom. Like everything's just, just ripe in glory, right? (laughs) And, um, because of this, this holiday is a celebration of fertility, fertility of the land, new life, the return of the sun, right? Love and sex and union. This is when the maiden goddess or spring begins to mature, moving into the next archetype of lover when the sacred masculine and the divine feminine come into sacred union. Okay. So let's go over a little bit of the mythology that surrounds this holiday. So this is the holiday where um, it's believed that the goddess and the god or the divine feminine and the sacred masculine uh, is thought that they married and conceived on this day. So it's ultimately symbolizing like our striving for that union between the divine masculine and feminine within ourselves. Yeah, because we all have these energies right? No matter if you find yourself more feminine or more masculine, it 
it, it really doesn't matter. And it, it also has nothing to do with gender. It's that these are polarized energies and one cannot exist without the other, right? So, you know, another symbol you might know that represents this is the yin yang. So it's black and white. It's night and day. It's good and bad. It's uh, positive, negative, right? So everything in its opposite. And because we live in a polarized um, universe, right? One, we need one to complement the other. And that's what this is. That's what that divine uh, feminine and sacred masculine represent. These polarized energies of rest and action um, and everything in its opposite, which lives within us, within every being, right? So without getting too far off, um, you know, I want to actually share a little bit of a fun fact around this season, which you might not know, but, um, this correlation of this sacred union and celebration, it, uh, is with wedding season, right? Like it's no surprise that this is a popular time for weddings due to the beautiful weather and everything being, um, you know, in full bloom, the warmth, the sun, the flowers, but it actually holds ancient roots of celebrating the sacred union between the goddess and the God. So many, many people get married during this time, not even knowing that this has been a celebration happening for uh, many, 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 many years. <laughs> um, and previous to, you know, marriage as we know it today, um, it used to be hand fasting. Um, which is essentially a marriage, but um, just a different way of going about it. And we can always talk about that another time. So I don't want to get off track. But um, another cool thing is that this leads to the next, this time, right? Leads to the next full moon of the season, which is in June. And the June moon is called the honeymoon. So the June moon is actually named because of the abundance of honey and mead at this particular time in the season. But there's also a correlation to the goddess Juno, AKA June and marriage. Hence what we now call the celebration after marriage, AKA the honeymoon. Da, da, da. <laughs> I love geeky facts like this. <laughs> And if you're anything like me, you probably are like, what? That's awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, you know, today, many of us manifest these traditions in getting married in May or June. I am one of them. I was married in June, June 13th, actually. Um, 14th, excuse me. What? June 14th, 2013 is um, going to be our 10 year wedding anniversary this year. But uh, anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, so, you know, people get married in May or June, and then directly after comes the honeymoon, um, you know, and this goes back to these ancient roots, which I think is really cool. Um, all right. So the name Beltane, where does it get its name from? Um, Bel is actually derived from the Celtic god of fire, which is honored during this time. Um, and in general, fire is uh, the element of this season because we are 
burning bright. The sun is high and rising and it's just edging its way closer and closer to that summer solstice. So summer solstice is also a very common time to have bonfires and things like that Um, because the fire represents the sun. It's the returning of the sun and we're celebrating this time. Um, And again, you know, there are different gods and goddesses that would represent different elements. So there you have it. There's Bel, Beltane. Um, and one of the traditions that I actually really think is kind of cool that they used to celebrate was to light, um, light sacred uh, bonfires on, on the hills. Or, and, uh, and then the smoke from the fire would come down um, to the valleys and bless the land and all of those that lived upon it. So I think that's kind of a cool old ritual that they used to do. Um, you know, today celebrating with May bonfires, um, people either jumping over them or dancing around them. Uh, and you, and you might notice that even if you don't consciously celebrate these things, sitting around a fire, during this time of year with loved ones and uh, sacred traditions, singing songs, or just chatting is, is a really common theme. It's just something that we naturally gravitate to, right? So let's get into some more ways that you can celebrate, but let's go first with some of the traditional ways to celebrate. And then I'm going to break it down to some more practical ways um, that you can kind of choose from. So uh, the most popular way when, um, when when a lot of people think of Beltane is with the maple. So you may have seen this and not known where it comes from, or maybe you did. Um, essentially, it's this giant large pole, and it's usually placed in like a field or the center of a town, and it has large, long, beautiful, different colored ribbons attached to it. And so each person participating in the maypole, usually there's like women or young girls, they'd grab a ribbon and dance around the pole in a way that like weaves these beautiful, colorful ribbons around the pole, right? So the pole is a phallic symbol representing the God and the sacred masculine. And then the ribbons are represented by the goddess or the divine feminine. So this, um, it's this union of the two and, you know, like I had shared earlier with you um, about the marriage of the two. And this custom actually dates back as far as 2000 years. So it's, it's a pretty awesome one. It's really beautiful. It's really fun. Um, and it's one that's stood against time, which I think is really lovely because there's been um, many times, you know, um, our pagan ancestors, uh, you know, were not allowed to celebrate. So it's still gotten passed down after all this time. And I think that's really beautiful. So another way to celebrate might be by weaving flowers into your hair, particular women or girls to, you know, make flower crowns and wear them on their heads. And uh, lastly, this one's really nice. And you might've heard of this one before called May baskets, Um, but you might know them more as like a, an Easter basket. So you fill them up with a basket with flowers and gifts and you give them to somebody either in need or to just show somebody that you love them, right? Now, um, now that we've kind of gone over some of the traditional ways to celebrate, let's kind of make it more practical. Um, Whether you want to celebrate 
uh, and honor this season just for yourself or even with your family, right? So a few of my favorite ways to celebrate solo or with loved ones, because you can choose, um, is to create an altar either in the house with objects that represent the season and what your intentions are for the season with a candle, right? There's the fire element um, and light a sacred fire. Or this is one of my favorites, create an altar or offering to nature in nature. So essentially um, you can, you know, go walking around, collecting whatever objects call to you, get your attention and you just collect them. So these can be flowers, sticks, rocks, whatever, right? And then you place them in like a sacred geometrical shape in a spot, again, that calls to you. So, um, you can, you can sit with this, you can meditate upon it, you can bless it for anyone that comes upon it. Um, and this is one, a beautiful way to connect with nature and her communication with you. Two, it's highly meditative and peaceful. Three, it's fun. <laughs> and four, I really like to think that it brings joy and blessings to anyone that comes upon it. So this is just absolutely one of my favorites. And I tend to do this throughout the year in every season. Um, Another one that's really fun is dressing up the trees. So similar to the winter solstice tradition, AKA Christmas tree, right? You can do this with trees in your backyard or favorite park. And all you do is just add little colorful ribbons, very similar to the maple to their branches and kids love it. Like this is a really fun way to do it. Another fun one with kids is making those flower crowns that I had mentioned before. Um, you know, you could also host a bonfire with friends or sing, dance around the fire, set intentions together. Um, and if you're just solo and you don't want to do that or can't do that, you can always just light a candle, right? But here's the thing. At the end of the day, these are just guidelines, right? And I want to encourage you to connect to the sacred season and energy, however it feels called to you, because ultimately the magic lives within you and your connection with mother nature is unique. Yeah. Um, sometimes I. I don't do any of these things and I just go for a walk and listen and connect. Sometimes I meditate. Sometimes I'll do yoga outside. Really, uh, you know, more often than not, I will just spend time in nature. And to me, that can be enough, right? So, you know, ritual, ceremony, gatherings, they're all wonderful, but they're not required, okay? And like I said, there's many times I, I don't do any of those activities and I just spend time outside. So, um, you know, may this time right here, may day, may, <laughs> may this time remind you of the sacredness that is life. And I'm sending many blessings your way. All right. That's all for today. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to comment and leave a rating. Not only would I be incredibly grateful, but it also helps us to expand our reach and build this amazing community. If you'd like to learn how you can work with me, please visit my website, untamedyogini.com. And don't forget to follow so you never miss an episode. You can join me right here every Wednesday. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.